episode of It's the Kid Michael Show. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Kid Michael. I'm joined by my co-host, uh, George Pacheco. Uh, took, it's been about, uh, did I cut out there for a sec? No, I didn't hear you cut okay. out. Um, it was about uh, four weeks since last episode. Uh, we took a 4th of July break. Not intentionally. We just uh, didn't have time to record. Uh, so hopefully this comes out tomorrow. I'm going to send this to executive producer Kevin Anderson right after we're done recording. Unless I forget. <laughs> um, and then hopefully we'll have this out tomorrow, which would be Tuesday the 11th. So you know we're unprofessional if it doesn't come out then. I'm still coming through okay, right? The what? I'm coming through okay, right? Yeah, I hear okay, you. Like my, my, my screen's freezing. I'm just making sure. Not. Oh, no, you're cutting out occasionally. Occasionally? So, but did... Like you, you go quiet or like you completely cut out sound. Oh, right? okay. That's kind of a problem. Um, so what did what did, was the last thing you heard? Um, I don't know. I... Like I, I'm hearing you, it's just like two, like every like maybe like a vowel will go missing, and not like entire sentence. All right, but I'm still going through, okay then. Okay. Yes. Uh, my computer's been really shitty. Um, so George, how are yeah. you? I recently got promoted oh. to um to uh level uh supervisor level like that's i'm back i'm into management now mm-hmm. i've left serving behind i will now be a supervisor and a bartender nice um actually yeah. hold on one second okay so you uh what were you promoted to again um supervisor oh. which is a management level position how do you how do you feel about that i, I had it coming had it coming yeah um pretty good kind of selling out the middle yeah. class there but okay um, <laughs> uh i didn't i haven't been promoted but i got a new uh, owner the restaurant got a new owner and uh he's really cool and my last the last owner my last owner uh the, the last owner of the restaurant hated their job so um this guy's been pretty good he actually hired a dishwasher mm. and oh. um which has been good because we really, I don't know if you've ever worked at a restaurant where there's no assigned dishwasher. Um, but it just results in a lot of people being like, you do the fucking dishes. And it's like, it's not my job. Um, so we have a dishwasher now. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's just better. Um, guy brought a gun, uh, the other day. I mean, yesterday. Uh, there's a guy with a gun outside my restaurant, so that was weird. Oh, um, was he chilling? He was. So there were these two kids that ran into an urgent care next door, and uh-huh. then he followed them, and you could see the gun outline in his pocket. Apparently, this is all according to my boss, because uh, uh, the manager, because he was like, I went over to him like, hey, can you log me back in? Because I just come back from lunch, and he was like, don't go near the window. I was like, what? And then like someone explained me like, there's a like, dude with a gun outside. Huh. Yeah. That's wild, Mike. My last um, waiting job, I never saw a guy with a gun, but there was a bullet lodged in the door at the restaurant because it had previously been, I think, a mob-tied place before it became a Haitian place. Uh, That's kind of cool. It's kind of good, fellas. Yeah. 
I, I suppose that's one way to look at it. Um, how's your 4th of July? Did you do anything? I went up to like uh, Hampton Bay and just kind of relaxed for a bit. Mm-hmm. With family? I had a lot of Apple spritz. Yeah. Family or friends? Which one? Family. Okay. So I did, I, the second, like July 2nd, I went to a party um, uh, from a friend, a friend's barbecue. That was cool. I didn't know anyone there except, uh, you know, Johnny Max, the um, Air Force guy. Yeah. Yeah, he, he came because I didn't want to go home alone. Um, by the way, just officially cut ties entirely with the Army or the, the Air Force, rather. So he's kind uh, of a free agent, except he has to do drug tests. Oh. Um, but other than that, I don't, am I allowed to tell you? Whatever. I, I'm sure he doesn't care. Uh, he's, uh, so he's free of that and he's pretty happy about that. He's moving back to Brooklyn. Um, so I did that the second, the third, I had my family party, which is the one day a year I get to use a pool. So it's like the best day ever. Uh, I went to this family mm-hmm. party. Uh, my family does this thing where they, um, rent out a hot dog cart. And so we just have like unlimited hot dogs for the 4th of July. Um, not like the best quality hot dogs, but like unlimited hot like, dogs. Yeah, so I had uh, all those hot dogs. Uh, had a good time. They also have a fucking um, margarita machine, like a frozen margarita machine. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a margarita. I'm not. It's not really my speed. I had like a bunch of Bud Lights. Um, and then the day after that, like the actual fourth, I was supposed to have work. But they randomly took me off the schedule, so I invited a bunch of friends over, um, and I just I was like, "Bring whatever, and I will grill it." And so they brought hot yeah. dogs and hamburgers, and I had like thirty six buns from the act from the family party because they gave me like leftover buns. I still have a fuck ton of buns, by the way. We could not eat thirty six hot dogs uh, between all of us. But uh, the executive producer Kevin Anderson was there. Johnny was there. Wayne from Planet Shuck Puck was there, and then just, um, just one other, yeah, just one other person that no, no one here would know, um, and then, um, yeah, so I, I had like a three days of partying. Oh, we set up the fire pit at my house. That was pretty cool. My parents are out of town, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Um, oh, okay. oh, Mike's back. Mike just got back, but they went to Estonia. And then to Stockholm, and then Mike came back, and my mom is in Paris. There's a that, there's that Kanye song that's called "Mothers in Paris," right? Yeah, it, something like that. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm gonna "Mothers in Paris." Yeah, but that sounds like a good time. Yeah, uh, she has COVID, so she's. Um, <laughs> Your dad just was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah. that. I'll just keep going." Uh, but she's. Uh, I think she's better now. She's still got to wait a few days, but she's just stuck. She was stuck for a few days. It was funny because if it had been timed differently, she would have been trapped in Stockholm. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah, but um, oh my god! So they, I got these Swedish chocolates that they brought me back. So I told them just get me like foreign candy bars. Uh, and it, it, I got this Swedish candy bar that has popcorn pieces in it. It's fucking awesome, dude. Popcorn pieces in yeah. it. I always think about um, Willy Wonka when I think of chocolate. Mm-hmm. Like, you know the fat kid in the in like a t- uh, Tim Burton 
version of, of the uh, movie. I don't remember him in that version. I remember him in the old version. He says nougat in a really funny way. Okay. And that's it. That's all I have to contribute. Okay. I was really nervous you were going to like be like, yeah, you're the fat kid from Willy Wonka. No, no, no. no. He just says nougat. He's just like, the way he says it is really funny. Um, I don't remember a lot about that uh, movie, but I saw a that's screen all you need. cap from it recently where I guess they had they they like mimicked the the dawn of man scene from 2001 with the obelisk but with a giant wonka bar uh-huh. and i completely i completely forgot about that and i guess that probably went over my head too at the time i had seen it at the time yeah it went over my head um what do you think about tim burton i think he's kind of a hack honestly. yeah i think i think we had this conversation before. have we or, yeah, where we said like um he he's just suburbia edgy. He's not actually edgy. I think he's my my problem with him is I think he's got uh more misses than hits. And I, recently he's got more misses than hits. Yeah, and I think in general now he's uh sold he's sold out. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't make anything yeah. except like Alice in Wonderland and Dumbo and shit like that. It's just abysmal. Um and then, he definitely used to be a lot better. I feel like probably the Willy Wonka movie was like the f- the beginning of the end for him a little bit. Though I don't know if Corpse Bride oh, wow. came out before or after that. You don't you don't think so? Like that was kind of the the point where it was like, what else is this guy gonna do? He has he definitely has like a gimmick. Yeah, but he he never has like tried to not just. I don't know. I feel like he he's um he's up his own ass a yeah, little and bit because he's, he's like, well, this works, so I'm just gonna keep. Yeah, he's kind try. of a, a one trick pony with his like German expressionist shtick. Shtick. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, here's all the pointy lines and and the black and whites and the Danny Elfman. Which also just the safest way to like portray that edginess. Mm-hmm. I, um, I don't know. I, I there's I find I could go back to like Batman and Batman Returns and like Nightmare Before Christmas, but for some reason I don't think I would be able to go back to Edward Scissorhands. That movie's amazing. You like that one? I love that movie. I don't know. Um, that movie's weirdly colorful when you think like the only thing that's really Tim Burtony in terms of like like the the darks and whatnot is Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. himself. That whole town is like. I think it's supposed color. to be. I, I think it's like like allegorical. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it's like a, a fault of the movie. I'm just saying it's interesting to think about that. Like you walk out of that movie thinking about like the darkness of Edward Scissorhands and not the suburban town. I don't know. Um, it's the contrast is supposed to kind of like yeah. I think play up to that. Uh, what's the, oh Beetlejuice? That's a good one I can go back to. Um, Beetlejuice is straight up. The thing about Tim Burton is that most of his successes aren't actually his. Yeah, like Nightmare Before Christmas, he's a producer on. Yeah, um, a lot of the other ones, he's just a, he's just like bankrolls. Did it. he direct Edward Scissorhands? Let's look it up. I, I yeah. Can you do some more research for me? I am pretty sure he shouldn't have been credited for the movie, from what I recall. Edward. Uh, it says directed by Tim Burton. Oh, yeah. uh, let's That's see, Beetlejuice. Directed by Tim Burton. So the main one that he, that uh, people give him shit for is Nightmare Before Christmas. The Coraline guy directed that, right? And then he was just the producer and the writer of the poem that the movie's based on. Neil Gaiman wrote Coraline. 
No, but I mean the director of the movie, Coraline. Um, I remember when Coraline came out. Um, let's see, director Henry Selick, and then let's look up Nightmare Before Christmas. I, I would credit um, all of Leica with that more than really. Yeah, Henry Selick. So I, I remember um, it was a huge thing when uh, fucking Coraline came out. They were like from the creator of Nightmare Before Christmas, and. Um, there was like this ambiguity where like audiences would immediately think that it was a Tim Burton movie, but they were they were actually crediting like the real director of Nightmare Before Christmas, and I think there was probably some uh, back and forth between the way they credited him. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I remember it. Um, good movie though. A lot of people, really I feel like movie. a lot of people. I love um, I was, I was, I mean, Coraline too, but I was talking about Nightmare Before Christmas. I was going to say a lot of people have like I think that that era of hot topicness kind of made people think it was a worse movie than it was that they were like oh now it's not cool anymore. You know what I mean? It's such a like pathetic way of seeing things. Me or the the people Oh not not uh, you those people like just because it was like some like like gawky mm-hmm. emo kids got into it I means suddenly it's bad and I can't be into it. Yeah, no, it's a I think it's a really fun movie. Uh, really pretty too like 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 i love Leica, but if you've watched like uh was, was their last movie the bigfoot one um was it called the missing link yeah i think so um that one like c not cgi stop motion has gotten so smooth that it no longer has as much of the character as it did at the time the jank yeah. i guess the jank uh feels like part of the territory that they're losing Like you'll you'll have movies like the Lego Movie that are CGI but emulate the jank, and then you have movies like uh, the one I really noticed it in was um, Kubo and the Two Strings. It just it was just so fucking smooth that uh, it took me out a little bit. I I, I see it as them perfecting their art. Yeah. Um, someone told me I I can't like fully commit to this being the truth because I can't remember the exact like thing they told me. But something about that, like, Leica has never made money on a movie. They turned a profit. But they're able to do that because um, I think the, the the founder of Leica was an heir to, like, a fortune. Uh, the way I remember it, it was, like, a sneaker company. I don't remember if that, that if that's exactly what it was. But it, it, um, why don't I just look it up? Founder of, of Leica. And of course, my computer is going to take forever, so I'm just going to check my phone. Are you doing it right now? No. Okay. This is your this is your thing. Um. Founder of Leica. Not Layla. Leica. Travis Knight. Travis Knight. Travis Knight is an American animator, producer, director, and former rapper um, who has worked as lead animator for stop-motion animation studio Leica. Okay, Travis Knight. Sneakers? 
Yeah, Travis Knight, the son of Nike co-founder Phil Knight. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's fuck you money. That's infinite money. Yeah. So they, they're just uh, they're they're essentially just pretty much entirely bankrolled by um by Nike money, which is a depressing commentary on the state of stop motion. You know what I mean? That like the I, only way they can keep doing it is by having that much disposable income. I like. I'm. I'm actually kind of like feel like we're we're lucky to have someone that will just bankroll. We're lucky. A, a really rare, delicate. We're art. lucky, but, but we're unfortunate that we're in the situation where we need it to lead that to. Yeah. Case. Yeah, I agree. Um. You know what's a movie that I, I think it's another one of those things that Tim Burton's credited, but it's not him. Uh, that like, I remember fondly, but could not name a single thing about the movie is fucking um, uh, James and the Giant Peach. I love that movie. Yeah, but can you, I remember you have it any like? I remember it really intimately. You're asking the the one guy probably on earth that would, will funny. just hit you up with the synopsis. I love you that have, movie. You have any other movies like that where it's like you just remember it vividly and no one else? There's like the the official mouse trap movie. The you know mouse trap about? movie. There was like a, a board game about mice. What the fuck? Hold about like? I mean, the fact that you can't yeah. even name it. <laughs> I think it's called Mouse House or something. It's like a bunch of brothers get like absolutely janked by a fucking mouse. Yeah, I just get called out it like a, I just used the German spelling for mouse. <laughs> no, not that one. Not that one, Mike. Is it Mouse Hunt? That's a no, no. Mouse Hunt, I think, yeah. Why do you know anything about this movie? <laughs> I was on HBO a lot, and I was honestly privileged enough to have HBO growing up. My parents, like, uh, just couldn't live without movies. That's funny because I mean, I, stop me if I'm oversharing, but you you talk about like because you have like pre Mexico and post Mexico kind of childhood. Uh, I spent like a year in Mexico. I I don't know if I I, I don't know why you oh well, because unbelieving. No, the my reason entire... I bring it up is because you you talk about like being in Mexico and the only movie it, you had like like three DVDs right like Jurassic Park three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I see how that can be a little more fair. Yeah. So it's it's funny the, that you have that like era where you can like like it was Jurassic Park three, Terminator three, right? And Daredevil. And Daredevil. Weird that I know that. Um. But yeah, I guess he just went from that to HBO Max. Or not HBO Max. HBO. HBO Max would be. Uh, <laughs> it rags to riches yeah. <laughs> the fact that I can't. that you went from Jurassic Park three to HBO. Um, yeah. I've never heard of this movie, and I don't even know the board game that well. Um. Uh, so they're just—is is it just like a like a Tom and Jerry type thing with like two dudes chasing yeah. a mouse? And the mouse just absolutely consistently outplays. Them. What's so weird is that my my answer for the question I asked was going to be another mouse movie. What was your mouse? Start movie? little two. I, I like that movie. Yeah, I I can quote that movie pretty heavily. Um, I kind of like it better than the first one, honestly. The, the one with the there's like a, a scene where the mouse didn't that movie make you want to be a mouse growing up? What? I wanted to be a mouse. Oh, I thought that was something that like you you were saying I confided in you at some point. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no. I, I wanted to be a mouse because of that movie. Because there's you a scene like a where like these rich kids, it. yeah, these kids, um, these rich kids are able to like like have this like boating miniature boating yeah. like thing, and um. The mouse gets on the boat. It's wild that like, that made fuck. you want to be a mouse and not rich. <laughs> I couldn't. Like, my brain couldn't think in that. Yeah. Like, somehow, somehow being a mouse was more tangible for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I wanted those boats. Yeah. 
I just thought I wanted to, like, to ride the boat. Yeah. But, like, isn't it bullshit those kids get boats? Yeah. I, I mean, they're toy boats. They're not... I mean, I get what you're saying. I want a, I want a toy the, boat. Uh, their name... Yeah, I was going to say, their names are the Littles, right? But his name is Sort Little, so of course it was. Um, Mr. Little. Uh, were they rich? I mean, they had, like, they they had a brownstone, right? Yeah, they lived in a brownstone in New York. Well, and I think they walked... Did that make you rich when it came out? Or does that make you rich? Dude, it didn't come out, like, in, like, the 1820s. Oh, it's like, what, it came 2002? Out, like, you don't think like brownstones were considered have, like the? Do you think I was thinking about that at the time? I was like, well, you're not thinking about it at the time. You're thinking about it now. I know. This is a question you posed to me now. I, I don't, but I don't. I I don't know. I don't have a timeline for when, like Park Slope esque brownstones went from. Uh, they've always they've been they've been that for a while. Yeah, because my mom actually grew up in Park Slope, and um, this was like way before any of that shit. So I know at some point it wasn't fancy. Um, I don't think I'd even like to live in a brownstone, I'll be honest with you. They're just not spacious enough. I think people who like look in New York apartments and go like, mm, it has this square footage. It's like you're nuts. You're not living in New York City because um, you want of space? the square footage. You're lucky to even be here to begin What's with. What's the So is the appeal of the brownstone just purely the – the decor of like the exterior first of all they are pretty spacious um and they're nice and it's the closest thing to a house in near central park um it's they're also really 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 nice and expensive and rare uh and they're usually paying for the area mm-hmm. i guess that's true you're i'm i'm not this isn't my best guess i'm telling you why uh-huh uh are you team brownstone then? You want to live in a brownstone eventually? I I know I'll never be able to even begin acquiring that type of. Like I I don't think I'm ever gonna live in a brown house. A brown house. Brown a brownstone. <laughs> um. Yeah, brownstones are cool. I know I just said they weren't, but they are actually kind of cool. Uh, any, you watch any movies? Did you watch uh? Did you watch Jurassic Park yet? The new one. I did. I did. I liked. You it. liked I, it. I, I like it, so I can't I can't uh I know it's bad. Okay. It's just fun and I like the pretty visuals. I have to say uh clips that I I saw on YouTube and shit more puppets uh-huh. than I thought there'd be. More what? puppets. Like practical puppets. Oh yeah, 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 there were puppets. Like like the Dimetrodons. I thought you meant like the Muppets or no, something. Yeah, I was like what yeah, the I did not expect about? to see <laughs> Mr. DNA. Hermit. <laughs> That would be the point where the franchise is like jumps the shark. Yeah, That's is when funny. they is when they like make a hologram Mr. DNA that follows the protagonist. I just willed that into existence though. <laughs> like That's where it's going, right? That's it has to now. Uh God, I have to say, um my beef from afar, because again, didn't watch the movie yet. Um the designs for the dinosaurs are getting worse and worse. I think. Yeah. Like the the Giganotosaurus. Uh, what is that? The, the, that doesn't even look remotely like it could have been a dinosaur, even to a person in the nineties. You know what I mean? Like a lot. Like yeah. uh, the the art design, quote unquote, of the Jurassic Park movies, with the exception of like the giant inaccurate Velociraptors and the Dilophosaurus and whatnot, was nineties uh, paleo art. Like that was the aesthetic, and now it's just like I don't even know what it is, but it's not attractive to me. 
like the Therizinosaurus and the the Giganotosaurus. Mm. I, I, they look so ugly to me. And I saw, I I sent it to you. I think. Uh, oh, I tried to send it to you on, on Twitter, but it wouldn't let me for some reason. Was um, the uh, they they hired like a '90s paleo artist to do concept art, and then just completely ignored it, and it looks so much better. I feel like a lot of like what they do for special effects is just marketing. Mm-hmm. Like they go like, "Oh, we have actual puppets," and then they're like, "Never mind, don't use the puppets. Puppets are stupid." Uh-huh. And that's like they, they just do it for marketing. We've been bamboozled like legitimately like three times with these fucking yeah. like uh, world movies, you know. Four times they said we're gonna use real puppets and shit, and it's gonna be dope. And then four times we've just been absolutely bamboozled. The, the one I think the one puppet in Jurassic World is like the scene where the the Apatosaurus is dying. Did I make that up, or isn't that like you didn't make it up? Yeah, like they're like that's the one scene in the entire movie. Um. And yeah. then I think there's also only one scene in the next one because it, like, it one has like the tranquilized T Rex scene, like that's a puppet. That was cool, and that was really that was a really legitimately cool scene, by the way. Uh-huh. And I forgot about that because that movie was actually a lot worse than like this one. This one like was like incoherent. The consistency, mm-hmm. the pacing, pacing is what fucking movie nerds talk about. Pacing in it is like atrocious. Everything about it was really sloppy. Also, like I understand the on paper appeal of bringing back the original cast and combining them with whatever the cast of uh, whatever you would call the cast of this new trilogy. Because other than like two people, it's been like wildly different from movie to movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the appeal of that on paper, but in reality you're overloading on people in a dinosaur movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're having them, you're having them crowd the frame as if it were like the Avengers all being in a shot together, but it's just people in t-shirts. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it's like, I, I, it's, it's weird because it's not like I'm saying that uh, to put more dinosaurs in the movie, because if there's any lesson to be uh, learned from the original Jurassic Park, it's that you can go easy on the dinosaurs. <laughs> Yeah, you. There's like a dinosaur like in every fucking scene in these movies. Yeah, and then some of these aren't even dinosaurs. I heard people complain, people whose opinion I have no respect for. But I heard people complain that there weren't enough dinosaurs in this last one, or that there were like droughts of dinosaur appearances throughout the movie. These movies have always been about people. Yeah, that's kind of wild. I don't know. People are kind of kind of dumb, you know. Like they and they have bad taste. I, I saw a tweet today talking about because uh, you remember this. This guy, it's Colin Trevorrow, right? That, yeah. Um, who was a nobody? Yeah. Who for some reason? Someone was talking about like because this movie has such bad reviews. Someone was saying like, it's wild that uh, this Jurassic, this last Jurassic movie may have finally put an end to the discourse of what if Colin actually got to do the Rise of Skywalker. He, I, I like how Star Wars fans make everything about themselves but also like the the that was the the comment that like um whether like i think we have the answer to whether his movie would have been good and then someone was like but the answer is still it would have been better oh man that's brutal yeah good on us for somehow connecting it to star wars and jurassic park again um it's all we ever talk about. Yeah, I saw that multiverse. I'm going to talk about this before we uh, 
break because we're at like the 27 minute mark. I saw Multiverse of Madness on Disney Plus. Did you see that one? Mm-hmm. I, I saw it in theaters, yeah. Uh, you want to go first? <laughs> I just thought it was kind of corny. Corny? Well, I mean, that's yeah. his brand. They're, they're all corny. That's Sam Raimi's brand, I think. But uh, I think we talked about this, actually. It was just a good direction with, with really bad um, standard Disney bullshit. Here's my critique slash theory on this movie. I think they've made three movies in the sense that Sam Raimi was making a Sam Raimi movie, right? Um, Disney was making the corporately mandated Marvel cameo fest, like, by the numbers movie. And then the third movie is, and this is kind of where it gets into conspiracy territory, but the third movie they're filming is like this Disney paranoia of people are going to smell the bullshit. And so, like, inserting things that would make you think, oh, yeah, that's definitely Raimi, but without the conscious decision-making that Raimi would have put into it. So they might have said, like, oh, uh, put a put a shot where, like, the camera's chasing someone type thing, but it lacks context, so it looks like it's a Raimi shot, but it's, like, not... You get what I'm saying? I do... Kind of. I, I think they got paranoid. I think they didn't give Raimi that much uh, wiggle room at all to do what he wants. And they were so paranoid about people thinking that, that they put in shots that would have looked like he did it. Like I said, it, it, it's a conspiracy theory. But I think I think some of it was just like uh, per- performative to make it look like he had the reins on it. <laughs> performative Raimi. Yeah, performative Raimi. Um but yeah, wildly inconsistent movie. Uh, good when it's good. It was a good horror movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird that uh, the part that seems like the most co- corporate mandated dumb shit, meaning like the, the part with like all the cameos, is kind of the fun part. What? I, I actually felt like that was a low of the movie. Not the, not the part where they're like standing in a row and being introduced and you're like oh my god it's, it's professor x i'm talking about the part where they're all dying horrifically i thought that was yeah i thought it was really brutal death yeah. like i think that's when the movie really gets interesting um and then also i like the musical note part the final part where he's like just like the possessing his own dead body and then being attacked by the souls of the damned and turning them into a cape. Yeah, I thought that was pretty yeah, cool. That, I, I, I don't like, know. Okay, they're, they're it's like it's easy to make cool things in these movies because of um the 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 amount of talent you hire. Yeah. Um, you hire some of the most creative like like people um to do this stuff for you. I don't know. That's the 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 high I don't even know, high concept is not the right word, but the like. When it gets a little out of hand, that's when it's fun. But when it's like, um, I found that new character America Chavez is very boring, and I don't think that's a fault of like the character itself. I think it's a fault of uh, just the movie shoehorning her in. When she could have, I, I thought she was very central to the plot. I did not think she was shoehorned in. Well, she's there as a means for multiversal travel. 
Yeah, it's called the plot. It's like saying the dinosaurs are only there to prove that this is a Jurassic Park. I don't know. It's like the stars are only there, so this could be in space. I don't know. Um, I thought... A silly complaint. You think it's a silly complaint? Yeah, I think it's a silly complaint. Well, I disagree. Well, yeah, there's a Mexican in my movie. Uh, cut, whoa. You're not even Mexican. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not even Mexican. <laughs> I did, that was not where I was going with that. <laughs> um, let's take a quick break. Um, <laughs> Here's where you go. Okay. All right, and we'll be back uh, to talk about other movies. And we're back. Uh, just talking about my new mustache. He has a mustache. I have a mustache now. Should we? Do we got to do, do, do I have to do a new logo with my mustache on it? No. No. Yeah. Like two people see that. Probably two new people see that a year. I think. Yeah. Um, you know what they don't tell you about growing a mustache is that everything tastes hairy. <laughs> like you're just kind of like constantly like getting your own mustache hair in your mouth while you're eating and drinking, and it's like kind of ruins the experience a little bit. Whatever. Small price to pay. Uh, what else did I watch lately? I've been watching that Miss Marvel show. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like people are very passionate about it. Don't know what I can say about it. I don't like it that much. Uh, I like parts of it. Um, but it's, it's amazing that these uh, Marvel shows are essentially like... They're... they're their total runtime ends up being more than an actual Marvel movie, right? Yeah. And yet they feel so much more rushed to tell a story. Do you, you get what I'm saying? Did you watch any of the Marvel stuff on Disney Plus? I almost did, like universally, did not watch a single thing. Yeah. So I don't know. They they feel like they all need like two more episodes to marinate. Um. I watched Loki, which I thought was really, really good. I thought the first two episodes of Loki were good, and then I kind of fell off. Um, no, I was always eager to see what would happen. Yeah, uh, I thought it was really he was gonna he was screwing himself from a different universe. I thought that was just a little too high concept for most con- um, audiences. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Miss Marvel. Part of it is just that it's like. So, like Marvel's for children, but this was so for children. Um, yeah, it, it was definitely for kids. This one, which is okay. This yeah. is kids, like, but not, this is a kids thing. Not for me. Um, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Uh, anyway, you watch anything else lately other than Jurassic Park, Jurassic World? Um. I'm finishing up uh, Better Call Saul. How's that going? It's really good. Uh-huh. I, I really like it. I started watching Breaking Bad again, and I have one episode less of season one. Um, um, it's it's one of the best things ever made, I think. Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? Breaking Bad. I've heard people say uh, Better Call Saul has become better. Um, I can expect any opinion about this show there's no real hot takes about this show it's just good quality cinematography writing just everything it's just a whole package it's kind of nice because like um the community just knows it's good so we can just say like i like this part instead of just constantly being like hot take this is actually 
not that good or like how to take this character blah 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 uh, like we're just being told a really quality story and we get to just enjoy it almost passively i had a really bad introduction to better call saul because uh, a professor showed me a cl- showed, showed the class a clip mm-hmm. and it was a clip that probably was really good with in the context of the show but like without it was like miserably paced <laughs> you know like it was um i guess saul's brother has like a he thinks he's like allergic to electricity mm-hmm. and it was the scene where he's like tearing apart his house you know what i'm talking about yeah out of context it's just like nothing happening yeah it's, it was like, maybe was he showing it to you to like show you what anxiety may feel like i don't remember what he panic? I don't remember why he was showing it but i think it was a like it was a disservice as an introduction to the show like if it, i think i don't know I, I would have to know the context of like what was going on in the class to be like yeah um yeah it was uh i i think the context was just like like what makes a good scene like it was that simple and then he showed us that scene and he was like what oh. you, you you know why that's awesome right and then we were all like no and then he explained it to us that was kind okay, of like he showed that. us the ending of the sopranos and was like that's the greatest ending of all time do you know why and we we're like no and then he like explained it oh he must be one of those like prestige like television like douchebags um, um the sopranos ending was is like objectively very hot but yeah i liked it i thought it was neat i thought it was a really cool way to end the show but i don't think that like it's it's at least not yet like universally like this is good quality like like tv mm-hmm. um i feel like maybe he was just going like he was just showing you his favorite bits of television going like isn't television awesome like yeah. just constant like that i think there's a lot of scenes in, in both breaking bad and better call saul where you don't need the whole context of the previous three seasons, where they're like, um, you could be blown away with the acting, the the flow of the scene, uh, what like the director wants to accomplish for that scene, for the like the plot to move forward. And I feel like he just, he could have done a lot. He could have picked he could have picked literally almost every other scene. With that one, you just need to know that he is allergic to electricity, uh, and that's pretty much the whole thing. Yeah, um, but it's just not like. They're, like I've watched clips of Better Call Saul, and they're like exciting clips, like the the court scene where he's proving that he doesn't have that allergy, where he's like, yeah, puts the phone. And that's in. really important for the show. Um, and then, um, but that's not one of those scenes, I don't think. Um, and that that I'm not gonna say what show because I don't want to like blow up his spot, but that t- professor. Like got hired to do a, direct a show, and just left in the like, um, not the middle, but like the middle-ish end of the semester, and we just like had a professor who was like, "All right, what's going on now?" <laughs> Which you know what, follow the bag. I really like. I don't. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I, I, I like if I were in that position, I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> so you're you're just getting into Breaking Bad now. Uh, no, I watched most of the first season like way long ago, and then forgot I watched it, and then like tried to watch it again. And it's really good. Okay, um, I well have fun. You 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 should watch the show in order it came out. I don't like doing chronological order. You mean run throughs unless the plot demands it. You mean like Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul. It's like Breaking Bad and then um, El Camino and then, and Better, then Better Call Saul. Yeah. I think it's the ideal. Um, I guess you can do like a, um, like even for this show, it makes sense. 
uh, if you already watched all of it, but for first time views, you should watch it in the order it, it released. Uh, and people then, like El Camino. Um, th- does that would that matter? I'm just curious uh, if you enjoyed it. I'm just curious if what the reaction. I enjoyed was. it. Um, I. I thought it was cool. Um, like the quality was a little weird for what it was. Um, like there's like. A lot of like uh, a lot of the actors look radically different from what they look like on the show uh-huh. in that one. I think Better Call Saul is doing a really good job so far of making everyone look believably like the events of the movie are gonna of the show are gonna take place in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it was after anyway, right? So it didn't really matter. No, but like there's a lot of flashbacks. Oh, uh, okay. Like the the movie's mostly flashbacks. It's kind of weird. Uh, um, but I, I wouldn't do like a chronological run through of Breaking Bad. I feel like you miss so much. Yeah, I don't. Even people say to do that with Star Wars. I'm like, no, always. Oh, you. There's literally no reason to not watch something in the order it came out. I think Star Wars is actually my morbidly curious. <laughs> like my example of like maybe you should watch that in order of like like hmm, I don't know. Why do you think it should be watched in order of release? Um, I think there's a lot of the prequels you don't want to put up with um, without knowing, like, okay, this is going somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. presented in a vacuum, if you have to, if you're watching, if you're trying to get into Star Wars and you have to get through one through three first, I don't know that you make it to four. I think four through six hook you and prepare you to sit through one through three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. I disagree. Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to see I I on because it's a story. You're watching a story. You're here for yeah. a story, you know, and the story should be watched in order. It shouldn't be watched in the fucking order. So that, why is that um, not true? Right? Better call Saul. Because, um, Better Call Saul is doing this consciously. You don't think Star Wars did, you know I mean? did it consciously? Because I, I think um, there are elements of the prequels that uh, you're meant to witness with the thing in the back of your head being, oh, that's calling. I think there's a difference between like having to watch it in that order and um, and the themes that break, uh, Better Call Saul kind of like hint at and require you like the the whole show is about like self-destruction I, I just think about sorry you go ahead I, I i think it's okay to watch it in order of um release for star wars because like uh, star wars is just supposed to be fun yeah and it's a story that should be watched in order i think breaking bad is and and like the whole kind of like i don't know like albuquerque like universe of like movies and stories um, I think it's a disservice to Breaking Bad to watch that second, considering that's the real story. This is almost like a a really intricate, beautiful um, prologue uh-huh. to Breaking Bad, um, and I think it was just a really good excuse to like explore a character that um, the creators of the show really, really liked and accidentally created almost. Because he, he was always going to, there's always going to be like a sleazy lawyer that would help uh, Walter White. I, I feel like most of the stuff they ended up creating was just like 
the an example of the beauty of like creative genius being spontaneous you know because mm-hmm. like um jesse was going to die at the end of like i think halfway through like the first season or like the end of the first season mm-hmm. but they were like no we, we just created a really cool complex character that we would love to uh, continue to explore and then the same thing with like saul goodman you know mm-hmm. also didn't that kind of uh like invigorate bob odenkirk's like dramatic career like is yeah. mostly comedy, right? He was a comedian. A lot of yeah, he was a comedian. And um, the creator of the show really likes hiring comedians who play dramatic roles because he thinks that they're the only ones that can like really do do it all mm-hmm. acting wise. Drama actors can only ever be drama actors. Really, they're so melodramatic that they they wouldn't be able to to be anything else. Uh-huh. But um, comedy comedy actors ha- for for the sake of the bit have to do like all aspects of like of of performance I think, they have to be i think there's truth there i well yeah he he i think he proved this point yeah. i think the thesis has been proven a lot of the uh, great actors have never been able to break into comedy most of the comedy actors have been able to break into drama easily mm-hmm. and I, I can't really think of an example where a dramatic actor couldn't do it i mean a, a comedian couldn't break into uh, dramatic acting when they have attempted to earnestly Eddie Murphy I think it's really cool. I think Eddie Murphy did have this like really big like drama. Like, let me see. Eddie Murphy d- did like two dr- dramas and then just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Also, Mike Myers never never did drama, did he? It's not about like all of them that could would. It's like when once attempted, they did. Yeah, he did Dolomite is my name, which is probably one of one of the best movies of twenty nineteen. Have you seen that movie? No. It's really good, and it's about comedians, but it requires a like it required a lot of like drama acting. It's in it. weird because that movie was like, in terms of um, like the narrative, it was like, oh, this is bringing Eddie Murphy back, and then he shot himself in the foot by doing coming the second coming to America movie. And like the movie if anything, that's on. the most Eddie Murphy thing he could have done. Yeah, I think this was. I don't think this was him trying to consciously like do that really like kind of like embarrassing thing actors do where like this is my comeback i think i think i think it was actually only because he was like quoted talking about like part of the reason he left acting was how much he hated getting bad reviews i don't know i don't don't know if that that could be like the smoking gun that that's why he does things Mm -hmm. because he needs to be seen a certain way dolomite is like one of the foundational like like um comedians like movies, I mean, of um, not movies that the real Dolomite guy, the the character that uh was played is one of the foundational like beings of uh, black comedy mm-hmm. and black exploitation, and I think Eddie Murphy very obviously considering he was a young child like during this and he probably watched those black exploitation comedy movies, uh, wanted to just do a character study, on it's like if if like the Beatles did a movie, it's like if uh Jack White did a movie on Elvis. Mm-hmm. Oh, you saw Elvis? Or I saw Elvis in a pre-screening. How'd you um, manage that? So that's it really early. Uh, Alamo Drafthouse was able to like show it before release. Uh-huh. And like a forward by the director, the the um, the magazine like was doing like free copies. It was kind of cool. Uh, how was um, it? Was, it, was, it was weird. It, <laughs> that director tends to like really maximize um like how goofy movies can look uh-huh. I feel like um he, he got weird with it and i'm glad he got weird with it because he needed to get weird 
I my um, I haven't seen. Have you seen the, sorry, what? Hmm? Have you seen the Gatsby movie? It's like that. Yeah, it was like that. Weird. I my my I haven't seen it yet, but my favorite review for this movie was um, someone was like, I turned to my friend at the beginning of the movie and said, "Why is Tom Hanks doing an Eric Cartman voice?" and we couldn't stop laughing and had to leave the. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, he was. <laughs> I, I need to Have you seen it? On, no. Have you seen the movie? Oh my god. Alone. It's ruined for you. You're going to watch it and just think that now. Because that is what was happening. Now that I think about it. Oh my god, that's so... <laughs> and considering Tom Hanks is like the main villain of that movie, um, it just makes it more fun. It makes it like look like Cartman. Was like Eric Cartman was just trying to screw over Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> well, the movie is as subtle as a hammer, and um, but stylistically, I'm sure it, it like gives you the biggest feel. It for it seems Elvis. like it kind of goes the same beats as the Straight Outta Compton. No, no, because Straight Outta Compton is a really competent movie about something that could easily be like done a disservice in cinema. You don't think uh, Elvis was competent? I think. Um, Okay, so Elvis is like the birth of glam rock, of style over substance, of like kind of pizzazz and showmanship, and like just, uh, and him as a character is like he's he's a walking god, in the in Americana, you know, like he was a person with like you know like very dent like he's he's human being, but like the idea of Elvis, especially in the Midwest and West, is just like, like. He's bigger than literally what he was, which was just a man. He's more of an idea, you know. Um, to make a movie, a biopic about him, um, would require just so much pizzazz to be able to pull off. It's all style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Straight Outta Compton is a drama movie about the lives of these people. Like I don't think it's kind of like like style over substance i feel like it was it was actually really effortlessly put up, pulled off because if this was made like 10 years before they would have leveraged way too hard on like the gangster shit you know they would have been like these guys were the manliest men on earth and then like nothing but rapping and, and gang banging and like these guys are tough and just like like really dramatic kind of corny like cinematography and like kind of editing mm-hmm. but instead we just got like a really like artistic tastefully done movie about these people um that was much more of like a competent storyline it was like a to b you know mm-hmm. and the elvis movie is like fucking like jumping all over the timeline things are ha- decades like just happen and you just blink like years like kind of go off like in beats like every like you, you never get to like sit with elvis in an era mm-hmm. like by the time you're starting to get used to like maybe his like doghouse days, you jump to his like next stage and his next era and his next era, and you're just kind of like burning like rubber so quickly that by by the time you like catch your breath, he's dead. Mm-hmm. It's um, I think that it was just really cool filmmaking, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think it's also kind of weird that we have to say if a movie is good or bad. This is like the only art form where we have to say this movie is bad. Like nobody goes like this painting is bad. What are you talking about? People do that. I don't think so. I think like not there's people like thousands of facts, but people do it. I mean, those people shouldn't be in the art world. I, there's like thousands of paintings, and we never go. This painting is bad because it's not realistic, or this painting is bad because it's incoherent. Look at it. I don't know what I'm looking at. Like films can also just be like 
this was a beautiful thing to experience. Um, and it's its own weird little thing, and that's it. I also watched that new movie by the guy um, who made The Fly. Oh, Crimes of the Future? Yeah. You didn't like that one, right? I thought it was neat. Why did I think you... Did we talk about it? Or did I just think we... I don't know. Did we talk about I it? Thought... It was just artsy and weird, but entertaining. Yeah, I heard it's not as not as hardcore as the other Cronenberg stuff. I think you should watch it before you say that. So you disagree? You know what? You know what? Um, I can see why. Because in a movie, a guy literally turns into a fucking fly. Yeah. And then, like, his body falls apart on him. And that's pretty grody. But in this movie, it just makes you subtly, like, grossed out. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, like, a, a human fly thing is uh, going to be gross. But, like, um, this movie's, like, your your lizard brain starts going, like, I don't like this. I don't like what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, a much more visceral, deep fear that's the most bizarre mystery of that movie to me is that one of his first movies cronenberg is called crimes of the future and there's no connection to this one and i'm still mm-hmm. trying to like did he just like the title enough that he used it twice because he won't explain why they both have the same title oh we were t- i was talking about that to someone that i was like i thought this was gonna be a harry potter movie it was like grindelwald and crimes of the future <laughs> because of the crimes of grindelwald movie yeah and it came up, like, around the same time, no? No, Secrets of Dumbledore was the last Fantastic Beast movie. Not that I'm following that at all. Are you? Did you follow that last one? I don't think I saw the first one, but I slept through it. Uh-huh. Um, and apparently that was a good one. I actively saw the second one and was like, huh, I slept through the first one. Um, this probably makes sense if you watch the first one. And then I went back and saw the first one and was like, this movie made no fucking sense. This was like a, this was like a, what is it called? Um, just, it just went on and did its own thing for some reason. It has nothing to do with the first movie. I, I The first movie is a sweet, cool adventure that does mm-hmm. like, like it's basically like if Tumblr got to make a, like a, a Harry Potter movie abject quality of the uh of the films aside no franchise has had worse luck than fantastic beasts uh just like the whammy of um what happened with uh johnny depp right uh in a pandemic then what happened with ezra miller like it's unprecedented amount of bad luck. Oh no! And then what happened with J.K. Rowling with the with the trans stuff? Oh yeah. It's just it's an unprecedented amount of bad luck for one franchise. And like, what do they do? Pull the brakes now? Like they're they're deep in. If you stop making these movies, like, do you just is that just you being like we fucked up Harry Potter? They did. They did fuck it up. We should be thankful, if anything, that this isn't the the saga of Harry Potter movies. This is just the universe, three movies that were made afterwards. Mm-hmm. Easily, we, it's like the Star Wars special of um, of, of uh, Harry Potter. We could just like be like, oh, how goofy and dumb were these movies? But thank God, these like the 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 real movies, almost the ones that count, are like quality because Harry Potter was quality from beginning to end Mm -hmm. i truly believe that i truly believe um every movie in harry potter 
has um, something going for it. If not, some of them are downright amazing. What's a Harry Potter movie you'd call amazing? Um, probably the fuck. I always forget. I um, don't want the wolves. Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, hmm. I think that one's just downright amazing. I think that one's really. Stunning. I've always lamented that uh, after the first two, like everyone loves the third one, and I love the third one, which is Prisoner of Azkaban. But I also lament that after those first two movies, they really abandoned uh, anything stylistic about them. Yeah, and that's a shame because of how easily these movies can be stylized i also kind of always felt weird that like when they're in these schools during a school year um they're always in summer mm-hmm. it's halloween for literally a day and then it's winter and then summer again well i even though we we spend most of the school year in fall fall and winter are the, are the two seasons we go through entirely in school i i don't know if i know enough about uh, the seasons of Europe too. They're, they have the same. I know they have the same seasons. seasons. I London. just don't know how they manifest. Well, that doesn't make sense. They have the same. It's the same climate as the United States. They're, they have the four seasons the exact same way we have the four seasons. This isn't like Argentina, dude. This is like London. This is like England. Hmm. They have four seasons. Do they? Wait, um, where is Hogwarts? Because it's like in Scot Scotland. Land of Scots, so Scotland. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how it's pronounced. Where in Upper England? Hogwarts. Scotland. Oh wow. Yeah, eat shit. Like, what, what I'm saying though is like oh, that movie is the only movie movies. that has. I mean, it's a good school. <laughs> You're an asshole. In England, in Eng- they're the ones that care about that. I don't care about that. Um. I pre- I don't care. You're Scottish. You heard it here first. George doesn't care if you're Scottish. I was trying to riff on your name earlier, like to figure out, like, because yeah, we have Kid Michael. That's the podcast name, and I was like, George doesn't have a, a podcast name, and I, the closest I got was George Podcast. I said like George Pacheco. It doesn't work, but that's as far as I got. I'm really ashamed of you. Well, what would do you, do you have any? I don't know. I don't have to come up with anything. I'm not going to come up with my own nickname. I've had some people call you Boy George, but I know you don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like being called Boy. You, you can see why. Though, right? <laughs> um, what was that? What was the last thing we said about Harry Potter? I feel like I had something I was going to say. I think I was just going to uh, elaborate um, that like, uh, when I said stylistic... Um, a big part of that was the color palette. Hmm. Like the gradient on those movies really gets like, yeah. Like it goes from like this beautiful, like nineties orange is what I call it to like, um, just gray. Yeah. It's, it, it's vibrancy is, and like, it's so fucking sudden. Um, and it also just happens to line up completely with the recasting of Dumbledore. It's post nine 11 Harry Potter. Was it a, wait, when did the first one come out? Like on 9/11. No, I think on 1999. 
Oh, 2000. Oh, it was post 9 yeah, 11. That's what I'm saying. Isn't all Harry Potter post 9 11? Isn't it crazy that it came out two months after, ex- almost exactly two months after 9 11? Yeah. What a wild thing to, and it still did really well. People did not care. Yeah. Were we supposed to like not support movies after 9 11? No, it's just that's what, what? happened. What, 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 what's the first movie to come out post 9 11? I, I, I actually do want to know that. There was movies that came out on 9-11. Movies that came out in September 2001. No one... Now 9-11 changed cinema. American cinema in the shadow of 9-11. American Pie 2. Shut the fuck up. Hold on. Freddy got fingered. No way. Hold on. Um, American. No, that came out in April, though. I was like, that was before. I put September. Why did? Why are you giving me some bullshit right now? August, yeah. Okay, uh, September 2001 movies. Jurassic Park 3. Oh. Okay, domestic box office for September 2001. Zoolander? Uh, Oh, I think I read something that that's why that movie uh, flopped. Was because of 9-11? Like, a lot of movies were, like, fun, light. And then 9-11 happened, and people were, like, in a bad mood almost. January, February, March. Only one movie listed in March. May, June, July. August. I don't know how accurate this list is. All right, Cowboy Bebop, <laughs> the movie. Uh, to end all wars. Um, not knock around guys. Hearts in Atlantis. Donnie Darko and 13 Ghosts came out on the same day. Yeah, not an eventful month for cinema. An eventful month in other ways. Oh, Training Day came out October 5th. Monsters, Inc. came out November 1st. Uh, And Shallow Donnie Darko was October 26th. And The Sorcerer's Stone was November 16th. What's weird is these movies are, are autumn like movies, you know, like originally. I don't know. I don't know why it pisses me off that like it's like it makes sense. These are wizards. Okay. They should only exist. You know what's in the fall. messing with me a little bit right now is that I so consider the Lord of the Rings movies to be of another time than the Harry Potter movies. In my, it was like a magic craze going on at the yeah, time. Yeah, but Harry Potter comes out before Fellowship. I just associate them as as different times. I don't know why. Is that just me? Do you do you consider those like the same time frame? Yeah, I do. I don't, I feel like there's a whole generational gap of interest. Well, things can release at the same time with different yeah, audiences. Yeah, I guess that's that's probably what it is. These movies were coming out for like sixteen year olds, and Harry Potter was coming out for like at the time eleven year olds. Mm-hmm. Like nine year olds. Like when I was watching them, uh, I was like four. There's one movie on this list that says unconfirmed release date, and it's the favorite adventures of Mary Kate and Ashley. How do you not know? Like it already happened. You, there's got to be some record of the movie coming out, right? 
Maybe that's uh, I think it's called the New York Minute. What's that? It's like a min a movie my sister grew up watching about Kate Olsen and Ashley Olsen. Are those different people? Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah. Well, Mary Kate is one of them. Okay. Ashley's okay. Sister. I thought that was three of them. Also, um, Elizabeth Olsen is their sister, which I, I constantly forget. Are they triplets? They all no, look the uh, same. I think Elizabeth is younger, and kind of dodge any dodge of the things? bullet of childhood fame trauma. <laughs> What's wrong with them? What happened to them? What did they do? Uh, nothing now. But I think they had like a lot. I I I just remember thinking they were really messed up when they got older. But I also don't know enough about them. I'm just kind of talking out my ass. I never found that enough to like really be mean. Yeah. Do you ever watch any of the Mary Kate and Ashley stuff? Yeah, I I watched New York Midnight a lot. Again, because of my sister. I saw the one with Rosie O'Donnell where like one of them's an orphan and one of them's rich. The fuck was that movie called? Okay, Mary Kate and Ashley movies. Now the baby talks now. George? What, wait, I'm sorry. I'm watching a trailer for this. What was that? The baby talks now? My, my nephew? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Oh, so you're watching a trailer while we're doing... It Takes Two is the name of the movie. It Takes... It Takes Two. No, I'm, I just, like, I just like stumbled upon a bunch of old movies. Yeah, I didn't watch any of their adult stuff, so I don't know this New York Minute movie. But I watched like when they were children. Oh, okay. Okay, I see what you mean. This is so corny. It's cute. Wasn't there one where they're just in the army? Like as kids? Mary Kate and Ashley Army. That's brutal. Movie. I remember seeing a trailer for that. Maybe I'm maybe that's just uh let's see, what's Mary Kate and Ashley, Christmas Caper. Did I just make that? Did it just make up a disturbing movie about Mary Kate and Ashley's Navy propaganda film? Hold on. Wait, what? Mary Kate and Ashley Navy. I just remember like a movie where they're like in army fatigues. Maybe I just made that up in my head. Yeah, Mary Kate and Ashley: The Case of the U.S. Navy Adventure. Is that a book or a movie? No, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a movie, like a straight to VHS movie where they just join the Navy. Uh, or they're solving a mystery that involves the Navy. Seems a little above their pay grade. Like, I understand that the whole shtick with child detectives is that they're doing stuff that adults aren't smart enough for, but I don't, I don't know about, about like going that far with the, I don't know. Maybe I just made this up in my head. I think I don't know. You're gaslighting yourself. No. We, we okay. Clearly, the Navy one exists, but I, this isn't the one that I was thinking of. Um, what a different time! What a different time! They're talking about talk about pre nine eleven. Is the childhood Mary Kate and Ashley movies? Um, I don't know. Would you say? Uh, would you say Harry Potter got us through 9-11? Um, I think the country was reeling and we needed a young boy 
Who could do magic? <laughs> there was no way to phrase that. <laughs> we needed a young boy. Like we sacrificed Harry Potter to, to bring back the tower. Like, yeah, <laughs> like just like the way we're wiped of sin through the crucifixion. It's just like we're wiped of the guilt of nine eleven. How was the last time you watched a Harry Potter movie? Not recently. Yeah, I. Every once in a while, I'll go through all of them, though. I can't imagine when I'd want to watch them again. You can't imagine? Yeah. I mean, it'll, like, you, you might just watch a clip and be like, I should watch the first one. Because the first one, like, is, is I think the most, weirdly enough, the most stylistic one yeah. of them all. That, it's the prettiest one, in my opinion. This, yeah. Except the, some of the computer effects of uh, aged abysmally, even for the time, but... I don't think so. Um... I mean, who cares? It's Harry Potter. Uh, this is a good note to end on. We're at like the, the hour mark and I'm very hungry. All right. Uh, well. All right. Uh, see you in two that's weeks. That. I guess. See you in two weeks. All right. Well, guys, uh, this has been another episode of It's the Kid Michael Show. As always, I'm your host, Kid Michael. I am joined by my co-host, George Pacheco. You can follow the show on Instagram at It's Kid Michael and on Twitter at It's Kid Michael. Uh, the theme song for the show is written and performed by Matthew Rosenthal. And this episode was edited by executive producer Kevin Anderson. Thanks,